0: Virtual reality can dramatically alter how we perceive ourselves and even how we treat others. And artificial intelligence, when fed enough data, can correctly identify something dramatic and even a little private about how we see ourselves. Today, we'll explore each of those big ideas via two mind expanding pieces of research. It's time to better understand the mind. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how virtual reality can basically change the human brain to make people more empathetic. Some of us have less capacity for empathy than others, but virtual reality therapy could change that. We'll hear from neuroscientists who have discovered how the feelings of embodiment experienced in VR can positively affect feelings of connection to a virtual character and how that can translate to feelings of connection to real people. Our second story reports on how artificial intelligence was shown to correctly predict something we think about privately, our own self-image. AI was shown in research to identify a person's self-described personality from their selfie alone. Scientists hope human personality perception can one day help AI improve human-to-human and AI-to-human interactions. This is The Abstract. I'll look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, how a team of researchers used virtual reality to show that first-person VR has the power to bring players in touch with their feelings.
1: Virtual reality. And it's sort of like Pandora's box, right?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm petting a virtual dog!
1: Oh, look at that fish. I could walk forwards, hail a taxi. Excuse me. Bungee jump. GTA 5 gameplay. Order up. I decided to jump out of a plane. In a mining facility situated on Saturn's rings. Welcome to Jurassic World. So when I put this headset on you, it's gonna be 1974. (laughs)
0: During quarantine, American video game use has increased by 75% since social distancing guidelines were put into effect nationally. Stuck at home, more are turning to virtual immersive experiences to satisfy their thirst for adventure. But there's a growing number of claims that VR can be used for good, too. Namely, it may be able to change how the brain processes a key emotion, empathy. Tech companies are up for the challenge, Take VR for Good, Oculus' initiative that aims to harness the power of VR for positive social change. During a panel discussion by the company on the social impact of empathy in VR, Elise Olga, project manager at Stanford Human Interaction Lab, explains how VR emerged as the perfect new medium to connect humanity.
1: So what we know based on the research looking at pro-social, pro-environmental attitudes and behaviors is that VR has a greater impact than other types of media. So this has huge implications for empathy, specifically because for the first time you can literally step into the shoes of another person. And we're not wasting cognitive resources on imagining something because you look down and you see that you're different. So all of our research has shown that the more immersive an experience can get, the greater impact it has on your attitudes and your behaviors.
0: Furthermore, a virtual reality experiment designed to induce empathy-like thinking in users is having powerful effects, according to new research published April 2020 in the journal eNeuro. Participants experienced a VR animation of a man verbally abusing a woman from the perspective of the woman. Those experiencing the first-person embodiment were more likely to identify with the woman in the scenario as if they themselves were being threatened. In theory, the feelings of embodiment experienced in VR can positively affect feelings of connection to a virtual character. The researchers say that this approach offers a plausible path for rehabilitating certain types, such as violent offenders who may exhibit lower levels of empathy. Does this mean that this type of technology could soon become a behavioral tool or possible treatment in the future? Let's get more from Inverses, Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah. Hey, great to be here. So really interesting look at these new times, these new tech tools we have these days and how it can work with these, you know, behavioral ideas. Now, the idea here is that these feelings of embodiment and presence in these first person scenarios can help us to kind of trigger these feelings of empathy easier than third person scenarios. Now, how is this proven to be the case before VR came along? You know, there's been past behavior. Studies, There's been just, you know, things going on in this space. I'm just curious how we got here.
1: Yeah. So I think this kind of follows from just the basic idea of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes um, and just trying to understand and relate to their experience a little bit more.
0: So in VR, we're obviously using technology to get this done to kind of you know live through these scenarios immersing into a scenario where we wouldn't otherwise be able to How did the researchers set out to experiment with this? Walk us through how they were aiming to show how VR can positively affect these feelings of connection to a virtual character.
1: So the way that they did this in the study is they had a first-person VR experience as well as a third-person VR experience. And the way the first-person experience worked is that participants were wearing the VR goggles and asked to, you know, do some body movements and look in a mirror while they were doing this. And in this mirror, they then, saw a virtual character mimicking those same reactions which kind of gave them the sense that they were this VR character. On the other hand though in the third person scenario when the participants did these actions they saw the character do it but from down a hallway so it kind of felt that they were separate or that that character was other than themselves and then after experiencing both of those different scenarios the participants came together um, with a brain scanner and they were exposed to another 3D environment and in this environment they were looking at kind of virtual domestic abuse, more verbal than physical. And they were seeing this happen to the same virtual character that they had seen in their first and third person scenarios. And then the researchers found through looking at kind of the brain activity of these participants, that the ones who had been in the first person scenario um, kind of related and had chemical reactions in their brain to this character as if they were experiencing that um, threatening behavior themselves. You you can see how believable that is when you
0: consider how i mean vr is still finding its way but it certainly has come a long way you really feel like you're there in a lot of these experiences so key is that feeling of presence if you if you're present with someone you can relate to that person's emotions easier that makes sense the question becomes can you trigger this in someone lacking you know for example a violent offender an abuser what have you how are researchers finding plausibility in this connection
1: yeah, so this is something that this particular study themselves didn't investigate, but one of the lead authors was talking to me that one of their co authors has done this in a different study where they found that violent offenders who are put in the body of, you know, women that they might be abusing were able to recognize some of these signals better, like, you know, not smiling, for example, or not obviously enjoying the experience, and they were able to show more empathy-like feelings toward those individuals. And it's so interesting how
0: VR is this tool that came along, and it's powerful enough to create this illusion of presence needed for this idea. Um, Do you see this as playing out as a viable therapeutic behavioral tool? Is there enough weight here yet where we can see these kinds of immersive and personalized treatments
1: progressing and and becoming more widely adopted. Yeah. I think what's interesting in conversations I've had with researchers in this space is that it sounds like You know, a lot of the science is there and we've shown how this has been useful even kind of three years out and affecting people's, you know, feelings of empathy or, you know, feelings of phobia, for example. But where more of the the struggle comes in is kind of having the medical infrastructure to allow this to happen. Um, Personalized VR experiences, for example, are not cheap. I guess the research results in order to get the money to support These kind of tools, I think, is where they're looking now. Really interesting
0: stuff. Listeners can head to inverse.com to read more of Sarah's piece. Sarah, thanks so much. Thank you. Like your innermost feelings, personality isn't skin deep. Or is it? According to a group of researchers and some incredibly perceptive AI, our faces give away something quite intimate how we view our own personality. Up now, how AI can correctly determine how our faces give away who we are. Research continues to show that our appearance can say a lot about our personality. Facial recognition technology can determine a person's personality. Building the Google Assistant's personality. Most of these machines don't have personalities.
1: Using artificial intelligence to salvage photographs. What is the relationship between selfies and personality?
0: They don't have characters. They don't have backstories.
1: And will selfies destroy
0: the world? Whoa. A sampling of some of the deepest thoughts that emerge as technology continues to collide with one of the most sacred artifacts of the 21st century thus far, the selfie. Tragically or triumphantly, depending on how you choose to look at it, these self-images are a staple and a key way many choose to express who they are to the world. Subclinical narcissism jokes aside, you can tell a lot about a person through their display of selfies. New Science says personality isn't always skin deep, however, especially if AI has anything to say about it. In a June 2020 study published in the journal Scientific Reports, researchers designed a neural network to analyze the selfies of over 12,000 anonymous volunteers and then evaluated their personalities based on their neural facial expressions alone. AI was able to correctly match photos with the volunteer's self-reported personality trait almost 60% of the time. That's higher than previous attempts in this type of research. Try as we might to control our image by way of the staged selfie, our faces may have been giving it all away the whole entire time. So when you're putting your image on display, are you also putting your personality on display? And can AI totally call this... While more still has to be done to truly understand how much personality a selfie has... It's at the very least on its way to potentially swaying AI's perception. Here to explain why this is a big step in understanding the AI to human interactions of the near future is Inverse's Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah. Hi, happy to be back. Happy to have you back. Um, This was a fun piece to read. I understand there's evidence that previously existed in the idea that the human face can essentially help us determine personality and behavior. Is there something to that?
1: Yeah, this is kind of a tricky science and it kind of dates back to an older science of like physiognomy, which is basically reading someone's personality in their face, which is what this AI did. But kind of what can be tricky about this science and the science of personality as well is that it can be, it's hard to make it very objective, um, which is, you know, one of the main tenets of, you know, scientific research. So there, yeah, there has been some research kind of saying, you know, maybe people, with wrinkles, how, you know, live more haggard lives, for example. But it's kind of a hard one to pin down and kind of really uh, get to the scientific base of it. So then here we
0: are with this study where these researchers have to make this entire neural network. How does this study then begin to analyze the link to personality and behavior?
1: So the first thing that the AI has to do, kind of just learn what a human face is to begin. So, you know, like you said, all of these selfies, they had to recognize what was part of this data set versus, say, a cat, for example, or a celebrity. And then from there, the AI then broke down this data set of human faces into 128 different variables. So this would be things like, you know, like the curve of the lips or like the the way the nose looks, for example. And then they kind of connected these to older scientific ideas of personality um, and then use those to kind of corral these features into five main categories. Okay, so there we have it. So when putting this study together, what categories
0: are they? How, how do researchers determine, you know, this categorizing of personality?
1: Yeah. So the researchers turned to kind of like the gold standard of personality science, which is they call it the big five. So these are kind of, you know, as the name would suggest, the big five personality traits that scientists say all people have in kind of different ratios. Those personality traits are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and then neuroticism.
0: Ultimately, how reliable did these results prove to be, you know, did the AI come through successfully in
1: determining these behavior, you know, these behavioral links? How did, how did this pan out? Yeah, I would say kind of yes and no. So this AI was able to, when comparing its prediction of a person's personality versus their self-identified description of personality, it was able to do this accurately 58% of the time, which is more than chance, which would be 50%. It was also more than previous models and also even human observations, but 58% is still a long way from 100, so while this is an improvement in terms of identifying or, you know, Judging someone's personality, it's definitely not a foolproof method yet.
0: When we get there and we do make progress, what does this have the potential to do? You know, what can we do with a better understanding of just the concept of
1: human personality perception? I think... A better understanding in this instance would almost not so much benefit us in terms of, you know, can I look at a stranger's face and know more about them, but it would more so benefit our relationships with these kind of AIs. So some examples that the researchers gave would be that AIs who kind of had this better internalized understanding of you know, features and personality would be able to interact with us better. So whether that's, you know, a future robotic butler or, you know, even robotic doctor or what have you um, would kind of have more realistic interactions. They also said, though, that the AI could even help us in terms of maybe in like a dating app, judging people's faces that way and then connecting it with with us in a more reliable way. So maybe help us, you know, meet a better partner. Yeah. And that's all to come in the future, but maybe not there quite yet
0: interesting stuff listeners can head to inverse.com to read more sarah thanks as always yeah no problem head to inverse.com to read more about the latest details about the advanced technology breaking through to your emotions you can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today if you agree that science and facts matter more than ever give us a rating and review on itunes to help more people find the abstract and other podcasts like it New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.